Real Talk Broadcast Network podcast. You can find us at www.realtalkbroadcastnetwork.org. You can also find us on iTunes Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Google Music Podcast. We are a podcast from the city of Long Beach. Our sponsors include Loving Unity Church in Long Beach under Pastor Johnson, Life in the Spirit Worship Center under Pastor Breedlam. Our other sponsors also include Marcus Brown Professional Detail Service, LLC. Give Mr. Brown a call. Your car will thank you. His number, 714-326-9327. Thank you. And now your host. Good afternoon and welcome to another Real Talk um, um, broadcast of the podcast show. I am your podcast host, Pastor Trent Breeland of Life in the Spirit Worship Center. God bless you and thank you for tuning in once again to Purpose by Design. Today, we're going to be dealing with a topic that I believe is of the utmost importance. So we thank you once again for tuning in. And if you listen and you believe your life is going to be forever changed. And our topic on today is there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. Nothing as powerful as a changed mind. And um, this year, 2020, the beginning and the start of a new decade was ushered in. And on January the 1st, um, a new decade began. And many people on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day began or even before then began to make what's called resolutions. And a resolution is defined as a firm decision to do or not to do something or the quality of being determined or resolute it, or the action of solving a problem, dispute or contentious map. So many people make resolutions, but I'm here to tell you right now, if your mind doesn't change, nothing around you would change. You'll be in the same situation or the same circumstances this year that you were in previous years. You have to do something. You have to have a, a regimen. You have to have a course of action that you are going to be determined to implement and putting into action for things to change. Your mindset is going to have to change. It doesn't matter what it is. If your mind doesn't change, nothing changes. The definition of insanity is this, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's insanity. If you want things to change, you're going to have to do something different. It's not predicated on how old you are. It doesn't matter because you have a plethora of people who've stopped going to school had to stop going to school because of their circumstances, whether because of they became married or parents early, but decided that to best benefit their lives, they were going to have to, you know, further their education or finish their education. I believe there was a 90-year-old woman who went back to school and got her degree. Isn't that something? 90-year-old woman went back to school and got her degree. Because her mind changed. It's not too late for things to change in your, in your life. It's determined by the course of your thinking. So let's go to the word of God because the anywhere that I go to get inspired and encouraged is in God's word. The scripture says, hear me, beloved. The scripture says 
and 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scriptures are given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we go to the word of God to get inspired. And I love that word inspired because what inspired means, it means that God breathes. So anytime that you hear the word of God, it's literally saying that God is breathing into you. He's breathing into you, resuscitating, reviving, encouraging, and building up your hope. No matter what your outlook, what you may think it may be, your outlook is what God says it is. And all you have to do is have a change of mind. So let's get to the word of God in St. John chapter number five. St. John chapter number five. And here we find verse number one. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. The word Bethesda just simply means grace or the house of grace. And if there's anything that we need and cannot live without is God's grace. And any time again that you're receiving God's word, you're getting inspired. God is coming to you himself with his grace. His unmerited favor being poured out into your life, beloved, on this day. His unmerited favor. Isn't this? You're just one decision away from things changing in your life. One decision. One decision from your financial situation changing in your life. So let me, I'm going to continue on in the word of God. And it says in verse number three, And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Then Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now in verse number seven, then the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, stirred up. But while I am coming down, another step down before me, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Verse number 10, the Jews therefore said to him, who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful to carry your bed. He answered them, who, who made me well and said to me, take up your bed and walk. So beloved, I want you to notice that in this text of scripture, that this individual was not the only individual that had situations going on in his life. But Jesus purposely fixated his eyes on him. So I'm telling you, Jesus purposely, if you're listening, is fixating his eyes on you. The scriptures goes on, and, and we know by reading the word of God that it says that, in this place lay a great multitude of sick people, 
all kind of conditions. They were blind, lame, paralyzed, and they were waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting so they, they can get their healing. They were tired of being in their situations. I know life throws so many things at us, and at times we feel like it's just hopeless that we'll never get out of them. We, we have a tendency to accept this is the way things are going to be in my life. Well, this is all that my life has to offer. No, it does not. God wants greater for your life. My question to you is, friend, ma'am, sir, do you want greater and better for your own life? And I believe that you do. That's why you're tuned in this afternoon, this blessed day that God has made. So as we continue to go on, and it says, now watch this. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now, notice here, it's key for us to notice the importance of the timetable that this man that was there that had an infirmity for 38 years. I want you to notice what the text does not say. It does not say that he was at that pool for 38 years. It says that he had an infirmity for 38 years. I want you to know, beloved, God knows, blessed heart, how long you have been going through or dealing with something. He knows the timetable. He knows the pressure that is bearing on your mind. He knows the emotional state and weight that it has on you. And that's what a lot of individuals don't look at, that when you're going through something physically, whether it be a sickness, it could be a divorce, it could be a, a life crisis, it can be a tragedy, you have lost a child, have lost a, um, a spouse or whatever. People don't realize the emotional state of weariness that it has on you. It affects the totality of man. Man is a trichotomy. He is spirit, soul, and body. Now, so when we go through things, it's not just one part that's affected. It's the total trichotomy of man that's affected that needs to be ministered to. So I want to minister today to you in that soulless realm. Your heart, your mind, we call it the will. The will is the place where you make your decisions, your choices. It's the seat of your emotions, your intellect. Okay? Now, then verse number six goes on. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew he had already been in that condition a long time. Jesus knows just how long you've been in a situation. So don't think that nobody sees you. God sees you. He knows exactly where you are, not just in terms of location, but your mental and emotional stability. Because things have a weight on not only our emotions, but on our psychological um, well-being as well. It's actually really hard to make a, an informed decision if your mind is not in the right state. Because a lot of times we make decisions based upon our emotions or based upon circumstances. You know, we, 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 we don't make an informed decision. What does that mean? We don't seem to get a information, have the right information, you know, coming into us so that we can make a informed decisions. And so whereby we make a lot of hasty decisions. But the scripture tells us, do not be hasty in any matter. So Jesus asked him a question when he knew that he had been there a long time in that condition. He said to him, will you, will thou be made whole? Jesus, Jesus will notice that Jesus circled in on his will. Now you would think that 
with God knowing everything, and he does, will you be made whole? Is it your desire to move from where you are? Is it your desire to get better? Is it your desire for your marriage to get better? Is it your desire for your financial situation to get better? Is it your desire for your living situation to get better? Is that your desire where well, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind? So what, what had to happen with this man, he had to look beyond his condition physically, but he may have been crippled and paralyzed physically, but he still evidently, according to the question, his mind still was strong. I'm here to tell you, your mind still is strong. You have a good mind. Are you able to make a good decision, a good choice? God has blessed all of us to make choices. As a matter of fact, we are all victims of the choices that we have made. And so listen to this man's response, though. The man that was sent answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred, but why I am coming another step down before me. Now, what he was actually looking at, he was looking at other people continue to do things for him. The reason why I say he was looking for other people to continue to help him or do things for him is because the text already let us know that he had, he was had an infirmity for 38 years. So someone had to carry him there at that place where they knew he could get him some help. Someone can take you to a place where they know you can get recovery and get help at. You can have a drug problem, an alcohol problem. Your marriage can be in, 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 in crisis. A person can take you to marriage counselors, can take you to the best churches, to the best pastors. They can give you all the psychological, spiritual counsel and have all the resources for you. But if it's not your decision or your desire for change to happen, it will not happen. Because if I don't want change to happen in my life, I don't care what you want for me. It just will not happen. And what also is powerful for us to know is environment. Environment plays a big part in how our thinking and our behavior is shaped our environment. If you change your environment, I guarantee you, your thinking will change. Uh, I grew up in a home where we did not talk about finances. All we did was talk about getting a job. What is the importance of having a job? Yes, I understand that it's good to have a job so you can uh, provide, you know, a better standard of living for yourself. But Investments were never talked about. Money matters was never talked about in my home. How do you save money? And in my lifetime, I sat about up last night and I thought about this. In my lifetime, I, I've been on the same job for 34 years and I've calculated that in that 34 years I have accumulated and I have made an amount of over two and a half million dollars. That's how much money I have made. But I look around me and I say, because I've calculated, where, where, where is it? I don't have anything to show for it. No investments. I'm saying, wait a minute, something has to change. Because my mentality was, watch this, this is my money. I didn't understand how important it was to take at least 30% of my income, watch this, and invest it. Have a, um, a diversified financial portfolio of investments that could grow my money. In order for that to happen, I have to take my money to individuals that know how to diversify, you know, funds, how to cause money to grow. 
so that when I needed a certain amount of money to do certain things, I, I, I could have it. I would have a place or a resource that I could go get it. I want you to think of it like this. I have a total of eight pockets on my person. I have two in the front, two in the back. I have two on my sweater that I'm wearing. So excuse me, I have a total of six pockets. And I want to be able to reach my hands in all of my pockets and be able to pull out some income. So we want to have investment our investment portfolio, portfolio, excuse me, where you can reach your hand into one of those pockets and pull out some money. Listen to this. A credit card is a, is a pocket where you place your money, your bank account, your house. A coworker of mine, friend, told me years ago, he said, Trent, you know how I think about my house? And I say, what? He said, my house is my piggy bank. He said, you know, in the piggy bank, you put your money in the piggy bank. He said, and when you need to get some money, where do you go? You take it out of your piggy bank. He said, so if I need an X amount of dollars, I'll go draw money out of equity and make another investment in another property. Most people just think about houses as, you know, many older people. I'm a, I'm, I got a loan for 30 years. I'm going to pay off this loan. Do you know when you pay off that loan in 30 years, you have paid for that house three times or four times over? And, you didn't, and they never allow the house to work for them. That house that you live in is an investment that you should be able to pull out and use for other resources. Take the equity out and get you what's called an IRA, an individual retirement annuity. But your mind has to change for that. And not only your mind must change, you have to have a, a course of action, a plan that you are determined to work. The same thing applies exercising or losing weight. Many resolutions are made year after year about a person planning on losing weight. But if your mindset and attitude does not change about food and eating habits, guess what? You're going to be the same size or bigger at the end of the year that you were at the beginning of the year. Because your mind hasn't changed. You have not joined a gym. You have not gotten a personal trainer. You have not gotten a nutritionist. You have not done any of those things because your mind actually really hasn't changed. You changed and verbalizing it, yes. But watch this. The scripture says faith without works is dead. So you're going to have to put some action behind your words if you want to see results. And trust me, friend, you don't have to tell anyone that you've been to the gym. If you've been working out, they'll be able to look at your face and your body and tell, you know what? You've been working out. You, you look smaller. You look firmer. So you don't have to tell them it will show up. You don't have to tell anybody you know, that your finances is going, they'll be able to look at those red bottom shoes, girlfriend, and they'll know. Look at that girl. She wearing name ring. You got everybody's name on. <laughs> your suit, $500. I walked in the store one day, and, and I, I, the suit was laid on a mannequin looking real nice. It was a nice suit. And I looked at it, and I said, I would like to try on that suit. I tried on the suit, the shirt, and the tie. The guy took my breath away when he told me the suit was over a thousand dollars and I looked at it and I said this is a nice suit it looked it looked nice on me it fitted me real nice and I said in myself I'm gonna get to the place where I'm gonna be able to purchase me a thousand dollars because I really love quality and there's nothing wrong with loving quality or liking expensive things and I want to make sure that I have the funds or the means to take care of them. I mean, to provide for them without being a strain, without it being a strain. 
It's nice to be able when someone need a certain, certain something, certain amount of anything that you'll be able to bless them with it. That's what I want to be. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a lender and not a borrower. So don't don't have your nose turned up at me or don't let nobody turn their nose up at you because you want better. Everybody wants better, but in order to want, to, if you want better, you're going to start doing better. And to do better, you're going to have to have a workable, feasible plan in place that you are committed and determined to completing. It can't be anything lofty. You know, it's just like working out. You don't want to go to the gym and begin to work out. In the first week you work out, you put too much on yourself, so you, you have what's called burnout. You don't want to complete it because you're taking on too much at one time. You have to do things in what's called moderation. Okay, do things on your level that you can. Don't look at every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, Susan, or Unique, or Mercedes, um, and look at what someone else is doing and, and begin to do what they're doing on their level. Do it on your level. Never bite off more than you can chew. But there's nothing that's powerful to change my mind. I was reading one of my books, and in the book, I came across a story about a person that was driving a car on an icy road, and they had an accident, and the car tumbled over and went down into an uh, um, embankment. And the, this person was stranded in the car, broke their leg, and he said it was exactly two miles from the highway. This person got out of the car and crawled their way all the way to the road. And when they made it to the road, a car was coming and they flagged the car down. Looking at that, that person, some tragic a tragedy had taken place in their life. They could have given up and say, well, this is going to be the end of my story. But they were determined, no, my story does not end here. Friend, I'm here to tell you this afternoon, whomever you are, and out of the 42 countries where you're listening at, whatever is going on in your life, yeah, I know it could, uh, it could be a, a tragedy, but the, your story has not ended. Have the will, the determination, and the fortitude to look and say, wait a minute, I have to do something. I have to do something. Because it may not be somebody around that will be able to help you. You and I are going to have to learn how to get up and help ourselves. Just like this man in the story. He was looking for someone else to help him. But Jesus asked him, will thou be made whole. Then Jesus asked him something. He said, take up your bed and walk. Jesus asked him to do something evidently that he had never tried to do before. Sometime for your situation to change, watch this, you have to do something that you have never thought about doing before. It may cause you a little discomfort, but try it. It may cause you a little pain, but still try it. Because the end of it and the result of it, you're going to rise up above that situation. This man in this story, he rose up and he took up his bed and walked. And let me tell you something. When he took up his bed and walked, don't be surprised that you'll be just like this man, my friend. The individuals looked at him and began, instead of uh, rejoicing over that he was no longer crippled, no longer had the, the infirmity, they started to look at 
what dead was done on. No, don't. People should not look at how something is done. They should look at it was done. Because yes, all of us have compassion, and we we can pass by, and we can see people in a certain situation. But until those people who are in that current situation that they're in decide and make up their mind, wait a minute, I need to do something. If they're tired of hanging out on the street and drinking and doing drugs, when they make up their mind, they'll leave that street corner. When they find out, wait a minute, my life isn't getting better, it's getting worse. They have to make up their mind and have the mind to change. Another scripture I'm going to give you is going to come from the book called Romans. Romans chapter 12, written by a man by the name of Paul. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, and particularly verse number 2. Listen what the word of God says here, beloved. He says this. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. And he said, beseech is a word that simply means I beg or I'm praying you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two. And do not be conformed to this world. But watch this. But be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Notice it. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, accepted, and perfect will of God. So he says, do not be conformed to this world. Your mindset and thinking cannot be like any everybody else's. Okay? It can't be like the world. But it has to be transformed. It has to be changed. Change your mind, friend. You have the power to change your mind. No one can change your mind for you, but you. This is something that you have to do. This is something you must do. You can be the start of the new beginning in your life. You don't have to wait till January the 1st. Your new year starts when your mind has actually changed about something. When your mind changes things around, you change. And friend, change your environment. Get away from around all those people that have infirmities and weaknesses as, um, themselves because they're not benefiting you. As a matter of fact, they are a hindrance to you. You want to get around people who mind thinks differently than you do. It's like you tell your kids while they're going to school, you want to hang around the, the A students because if you hang around the students that make an A's, what happens is their uh, mentality and the, and the way that they do things will rub off on you. If you hang around millionaires, your thinking is going to change. Why? Because watch this. This is a powerful word. Write this down if you can. Because your environment changes. And when your environment changes, the atmosphere around you changes. Okay? And that's what you want to change. We, you are in control of what you allow to come into your mind. Your environment, the individuals that you sit up under that influence you with what they say and what they do. Listen to podcasts like this that would encourage you and uplift your heart and your soul. Listen to um, Dr. Miles Monroe, um, Les Brown, great motivational speakers that can help you and you can change your mind. Because, my friend, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. You don't have to stay in that abusive relationship, sister. You don't have to stay there and put up with that man talking about you, putting his hands on you. No. You don't have to keep cooking his food, washing his clothes, and he doesn't speak to you and treat you like you deserve to be treated. As a matter of fact, I would give you a bit of advice. Don't even be there when he come home. As a matter of fact, be gone. He had to learn how to cook his own food, clean his own clothes, take care of his own self. Then he'll know 
Why did she leave? Because you got tired of him abusing you. I heard a story one day that a man would come home from work and jump on his wife and just beat her and beat her and beat her and beat her and beat her. And she'd just be yelling and screaming and hollering and yelling and screaming and hollering. Stop, stop, stop. And he would never stop. One day the woman got tired. He came home. He came home drunk as with his own normally drunk self. Came in the house and began to put his hands on that woman. This time that woman was waiting on him. She had a hot pot of boiling water, boiling water on the stove. And when he began to put his hands on her, she put that hot water on him. Trust me, there was some hollering going on in that house. It was done by him, and she got to beating him. And, well, we're going to stop right there. We thank you for tuning in this week for another Real Talk podcast. It's been my pleasure to sit and talk with you while you're on your uh, way to work or from work or on your lunch break. Wherever you may be, we thank you for tuning in. And I encourage you to meet us here next week as we continue Purpose by Design. I'm your podcast host, Pastor Trent Breeden, Life in the Spirit Worship Center. God bless so whenever you. Whenever you're flying high, you're going to have some bumpy areas. That's why I want to admonish you to don't give up, but hang in there.